Previously on Vanderpump Rules. I'm so sick of this bullshit. Like it's Kristen. pissing me off. You're out of control here. I think you should take a breath for a couple of weeks. They argue every single day. The only advice I have for you is break, break up. up with him. But that, I, I have said that already. Kristen and Tom have magically reconciled. Their relationship is a crack of shit. They have a problem with you, but you're still on their territory. No, it's mine too. Make it yours then. Why would you want to work here? I'm a bartending machine. It's in all our best interest for Tom not to work here. Let me see the inside of your arm. I got your signature on there. Oh my god. Why would he just go out and get a tattoo of your signature? I don't trust him. Welcome to another episode of Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast hosted by me, Rob Schulte. Today on the episode, I welcome writer and producer Molly Schwartz. You may have seen her fantastic article on Mother Jones about the Vanderpump Rules universe. And if you haven't, definitely take a look. It's worth your time. But before we get to that, I got to recap the episode. And before that, I've got another email from a listener. Today's letter comes from Brett, who left his Twitter handle, which is number one dingus. The message goes like this. Dear Robs, big fan of the show here, longtime listener, first time mailer. I just wanted to say that I think the way Jax behaved last episode is just absolutely out of line. And if it were up to me, I would spank his tight little bottom. Hope you're well. Again, big fan of the show. Thanks for the email, Brett. You really gave me something to think about. Now let's recap today's episode. It's Vanderpump Rules, Season 2, Episode 4, Rumors. It's a beautiful day in sunny West Hollywood, and Jax is on a modeling shoot for Kitson Online. He's reminded that it's not the best industry for a serial cheater to be in since you're put into flirtatious situations. The model he's working with, I believe her name is Malia, asks Jax, completely unprompted, if he has any tattoos. And after a reminder that his tattoo is a kiss of death, Jax asks a question. I got a question for you. What if you went out on a date with somebody? Everything was going amazing, had a great time. And then, like, things were getting kind of serious, and then you realize, like, oh my god, he has a tattoo of another girl on his arm. What would you do? <clears throat> well, I'd get you really drunk, I'd get you in bed and naked, and then I'd scratch it off your arm. <laughs> Over off Melrose, Katie and Kristen meet with Stassi to chat. Stassi sneaks some mini wine bottles to the ladies, much like her dad brings his own Baileys to brunch. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree in this family. Now, Stassi admits to kissing Jax in the basement, and Kristen thinks this is it. Jax will never leave her alone. And over on the other side of town, Tom and Jax have their own meeting. Jax discusses the modeling shoot that we saw just moments ago, and how he's getting back into the modeling game. Tom's got an extra pep in his step because he and Kristen decided to do the dirty once more. Guess what? I went to bed with Kristen last night. We had amazing sex. They said sex? Yeah. Twice. So Jax is aware that even though Tom is happy now, it's just a matter of time before Kristen snaps again. 
I wonder why Jax knows Kristen so well. That night at Sir, Jax is behind the bar and Christina orders a jalapeno margarita for Lisa. Okay, I need you to make a jalapeno margarita for, for Lisa. Do you know how to make that? Yes, I do. Perfecto. They argue over the quality of the drink, but once it's delivered, Christina seems to be on Team Marg. Lisa asks how Christina is getting along. She's fine, but after a little back and forth, we find out that Christina does feel like the air is cleaner in the restaurant without Kristen. Stassi also, at this same time, needs Jax's help nailing a painting her dad made to the wall. There's also talk about Jax's recent modeling shoot. What, it was, is it something weird that I should not no, know about it? No, no, I just don't like to start a fight over nothing. I actually showed her the tattoo. She was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Obviously, you, you did something wrong. I did not wrong, do anything wrong. Because you're no. not telling me. I am telling you right now. You're annoying me. I just Stasi then manufactures a situation to garner an upper hand on Jax, but there's no sympathy for any cast member at this moment. Or in the moments later when there's an argument by my favorite set piece, The Dumpster. What did you buy? Flowers for Kristen. $10 for some flowers seems to go a long way. Kristen doesn't want to go back to Sir, but does really need her job. She makes it clear, though, that she doesn't regret what she said at the dinner party. And speaking of Sir, the garden bar is finished, and Lisa reminds us they still need a bartender. Guillermo suggests that since they have plenty of male bartenders, that they should have a woman bartender. Lisa wants to bring over her best bartender from Villa Blanca, Ariana, who we saw for the first time as one of Sheena's backup dancers in season one, and then for the second time at the dual birthday party in episode one of season two. So at Stassi's apartment, Jax brings over sandwiches and wine and wants to clear the air from the fight before. In fact, he's also starting a line of chunky sweaters, and the modeling gig was to actually get in the good graces of the company that would sell these chunky sweaters. thought about this all last night and now came up with this no, reason. No, I'm not, but I didn't have a you chance. Had you had, me so, to go you over had me so bothered. You're such a wuss. No, only when it comes to you. I don't care about anyone or anything else. You rub me the wrong way, and it's not in a good way sometimes. Not how I want to be rubbed, anyway. Ew. We also have a moment where Stasi confronts Jax's addiction to pornography, but this is quickly tossed to the side because she has a rolled-up painting her dad did that must be hung in a target frame immediately. But back at Sir, we have other things to deal with. Ariana is there to have a meeting with Lisa. She knows that the staff of Sir consists of some basket cases, but Ariana also knows that the bartenders there make a lot of money. So she is willing to take the good with the bad. There's one thing, though. Kristen has never liked me since day one because Tom and I are friends from working together at Villa Blanca. And all that really tells me about Kristen is that she's super insecure. Lisa also recognizes that if she hires people based on who Kristen doesn't like, then she wouldn't have a staff at all. Later that evening, Guillermo informs Jax that Ariana is starting, and Jax decides to coyly bring up that Kristen is going to be upset because there's a gray area with Tom and Ariana. What could that mean? 
Jax decides to stir the pot further by talking about it with Stasi, but Stasi has a very prescient thought. I'll just I'll keep my mouth shut then. Jax told me a while ago that something was going on with Tom and Ariana, but Jax never has details. He lies constantly, and whenever he's in trouble, he'll say anything to make himself look better. So I really don't know what to believe. You know, Kristen's back at work, and Lisa wants to chat with her before her shift starts. She knows Kristen is dealing with a lot of frustrations and just wants Kristen to understand that she can do whatever she wants off the clock, but that Lisa is her boss and she won't be spoken to that way ever again. And upon finding out that Ariana is starting, Kristen lies through her teeth that she's fine with it, but she's putting trust in herself to be confident because Tom and her are solid right now. Sheena and Ariana celebrate. Both are very excited about this. But Sheena brings up the rumor in the room that Ariana and Tom have hooked up. Ariana doesn't have time for this shit. She knows that Kristen believes the rumors, but also knows that Tom is doing a favor for Kristen by dating her. That's Ariana's words, not mine. We see a quick scene of Jax doing chores for Stassi before we're back at Sir. It's Ariana's first night. I mean, it's really not a big deal, Ariana working at Sir. Kristen's not like a huge fan of her, but she has nothing to be jealous about. What do I need to know? Basically everything has triple second. Tom's training Ariana, and it's a very chill situation because they're two very chill people. There's definitely some flirtation going on, but maybe Tom just needs a friend right now. Although this could be interpreted as some emotional cheating. So the wait staff are all gossiping about Tom and Ariana, Tom and Ariana, Tom and Ariana. Stassi admits that Jax told her that Tom and Ariana hooked up, but she also knows that Jax is a really big liar. So Stassi decides that she's going to play detective and knows that if there's any truth to this, Sheena will be the one who knows it. And she can get it out of Sheena. So Sheena and Stassi talk outside, and Sheena says that the rumors are not true, but Stassi doesn't believe it. It's almost as if Stassi wants the rumors to be true. But the next day, on Santa Monica Boulevard, Katie, Kristen, Stassi, and Christina meet at Barbarella Bar and Kitchen. The gals lament about the politics of banging. Specifically, Christina calls out Stassi, and Stassi knows she needs to cut Jack's out completely. She feels like she's being fake. Kristen is triggered by the word fake and wonders why Stassi was having cocktails with Sheena out by the dumpsters the night before. Uh-oh. I was doing my report. There were no cocktails. I 100% there were cocktails on the table. You're going to want to actually shut your mouth because you have no idea what Sheena and I were talking about. So you should probably stop. I was doing oh, my report. On the table. Seriously, I was making sure that Ariana and Tom aren't f***ing, so stop. Now Kristen is pissed that Stassi's getting in her business. Christina Kelly now gets serious. If Tom cheated on Kristen once, then she should recognize that a rumor like this will hurt her even more. But Kristen deflects and deflects and deflects. It's agreed that Kristen can be happy now, but the court is cut. If things go south again, the friends will not be there for her if she doesn't break up with Tom. Wow. There's a lot going on in this episode, 
And there's a whole lot more that goes on in future episodes. If I missed anything, make sure to let me know. VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. Or use that email to let me know I'm just really great at this podcast. So, after the break, I welcome Molly Schwartz onto the show. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. You know, when you take that first sip of tea in the morning and you're like, today might be okay. Well, this podcast is kind of like that, but for your ears and hopefully your heart. I'm Leah Palmieri and I'm the host of the brand new podcast, A Sip of Positivity. The world is wild these days, but when you just need a little break and something nice, that's where I come in. I'll be chatting with actors, authors, influencers, and other lovely people about the things that are helping them get through these very unpredictable times. It's a look on the bright side and it's a sip of positivity. Available now. Welcome back to Vanderpump Robs. Today I have a writer and podcast producer and a previous happy hour guest on Vanderpump Robs. It's my good friend Molly Schwartz. Welcome back, Molly. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. You know, we got a lot of letters about your last episode. People wanted more Molly. What were they? Were they like, good? <laughs> oh, yeah, they were good. They wanted more. They okay, wanted okay, more. Okay, 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 okay. Awesome. Um, I won't give you their email addresses. Okay. But they are uh, people who like to give five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, so you know they're good folks. Love those people. Those are literally the best kind of people. <laughs> so um, before we get into what you have to say about today's episode... Which, I think, between you and me, is a lot. We have a lot of emotions, I feel, tied to this particular episode. We kind of talked last episode and you were on your relationship to VPR, how you got into it and everything. Are there any updates on you and VPR? Because I think I saw an article out there. There has been a whole new season that has finished since then. I'd like to just know where you're at. Yeah, it's been a tough time for us VPR fans recently because mm-hmm. I feel like in the past we were able to just appreciate it as one of the best reality shows ever made but there have been some cultural shifts um, some different ideas about holding people accountable for their behaviors and reality TV shows including VPR have been right in the midst of that cultural storm um, because as we know Vanderpump Rules Cast members are known for their unfiltered comments and problematic behavior, and in so many ways, that's what makes good TV, mm-hmm. but it's not always what makes them nice or thoughtful people. Um, and so since in the time since we've recorded, there have, of course, been four major firings. Stassi Schroeder, Kristen Doty, Brett Caprioni, and Max Boyens have all been fired from the cast for racist actions and um yeah it's been a lot i don't what are your thoughts on it 
I think that it's probably, not probably, it's the right decision. You shouldn't be able to just say whatever you want and continue to be the star of a show. I think it also goes to prove that, like, you can have a successful show and not have to rely on certain cast members of the show. And it doesn't have to be spouting out things that are controversial, you know, or just flat out wrong. Let's call it like we see it. Um, I think it goes to show that, like, you have new cast members that are way more forward thinking than some of the folks that were on the show that caused the same amount of entertainment and are there for this show. I mean, I'm thinking Charlie. I'm thinking Danica. I'm thinking people that are actual, like, although may have, you know, issues like us all, they get into fights, they have arguments, they do things that aren't great, but, like, I followed, I mean, Danica was a guest on the show, so obviously I'm a big fan, but... Love Danica, yeah. I've been looking at her Instagram account. She's out there protesting. She's helping share articles while under quarantine. She's just a, a very progressive person. That's not also to then say Charlie calling out Jax for all of his terrible behavior on the reunion and then texting while he's talking because she's so bored, which was <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. The idea that, um, first of all, there's not ever anyone who's so famous or so important to the show that they can't get fired. I think that was a really important message to send because I think there are some people who act like they have some kind of immunity, which they don't. And also the idea that you can still have great drama and great controversies without promoting really problematic thoughts and behaviors um, that are specifically targeting super groups of certain groups of people and aren't tolerant in certain ways. It makes me comfortable to still be a fan of the show, like to know that at least like the right decisions are being made. But that is way in the future of what we're talking about right now. We're back in what? 2014 i think at this point maybe still 2013 depending on the time of the season um everyone's just gotten back from lake arrowhead oh lake arrowhead yes tom's played his guitar uh opening up for martha davies in the motels you know everyone's had a great time yes and lisa's garden bar has been finished and it is in need of a bartender Yes. So where would you like to start? Because I know you've got a few things you brought to the table today. Should we start with the bartender or do you have something else? No, let's let's go ahead and start with the bartender. I might later loop back to the beginning of the episode because oh, actually, sure. Ariana, I mean, the whole bartender thing, it only happens like halfway through the episode. That's true. That's true. We knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. We love that it's coming. Yes. But I mean, Ariana's still great. Great. Let's let's get into that. Yeah, let's yeah. give him, let's give a minute, a moment to stand, Ariana. Yes, this is like where the montage music comes in. Yes, we're all thinking of Ariana and mm-hmm. all of her snappy comebacks. So many snappy comebacks. Her, oh man. Yeah. How do you come up with these things so fast? I don't anyway. know. She's very funny, and yeah. and and seems like she has a lot of self awareness. Um, I appreciate all of it, but I feel like we need to start with the beginning of the episode just because we open. So at Lake Arrowhead, Jax and Stassi share a little kiss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some open questions about whether Jax will succeed on his quest to gain Stassi back. He's almost pushing too hard Almost for this. <laughs> One could say. One could say, even though he says he's never begged. 
One could say he's almost at the level of groveling, mm. but a kiss does happen. A kiss happens. And now we are in post-kiss mode. We're in post-kiss mode. Jax takes a modeling job, which he claims is all within the grand scheme of trying to launch his sweater line. <laughs> yeah. Let's remember, remember when that. <laughs> Let's remember when Jax was going to be a sweater designer. The chunky yes. cardigan was going to take him all the way to a multi-billion dollar business. He was going to be Bethany Frankel 2.0 with chunky sweaters. Um, He's definitely more of a Sonia Morgan toaster oven type. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So true. So true. Shoots for Bethany, lands at Sonia. Yes. And still doesn't even get that far. So much airtime spent on something that just never comes to be. But yeah, so it he could be a lie <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so he takes this modeling job. It's with a very blonde, very friendly woman, another model. Um, mm-hmm. And just, I don't know, what was so funny to me about that scene was just like how clearly the other model had been prepped by the producers. Like she literally oh, comes in so hot being like, wait, do you have any other tattoos? And wait, yeah. what do they say? And like asking like, who is Stasi? Like, I was just like, how'd you know to ask that? Give me a break. Like, I love when the show unintentionally and more recently intentionally breaks the fourth wall Mm. there is nothing in me that doesn't see the invisible production assistant there with the note cards like just feed like you said feeding her the lines it's like no one talks that way and not to mention like could she only compliment jacks and like flirt with him like i have to imagine i've only been in a few modeling shoots myself (laughs) But uh, I have to imagine that although you're taking pictures, you're still at work. And like flirtation is not going to be that strong each time or maybe ever. No. Who knows? I was even wondering when she was booked, like how much of her was like gunning to get on the cast of Vanderpump Rules. Like how much of her was hoping that Jax was going to sleep with her and she was going to become a part of the storyline? Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. That's cocktail garden talk. Just felt like she was trying right real now. hard. Yeah, but yeah, it was a little. It's it's almost like someone else we see in this episode, and her name is escaping me right now. But she was the one hanging out with Christina Kelly and Stassi in the walk-in fridge. Danny, talk about Tom and Danny, Ariana. Danny, Danny. Yes, I know. It's so funny oh, because man. Christina Kelly and Danny were actually like. So much of the stuff that gets blamed on Stassi for, like, some of her behavior in the early seasons, like, she was not acting alone. Christina Kelly and Danny were almost always there instigating everything. I want the VH1 Where Are They Now? Because, <laughs> but more specifically, I want to know where Tina's at. We barely see her in this season. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But well, she probably actually started playing her band and... Maybe didn't need the show. Who knows? I'm getting off topic. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, Jax never really did succeed with those chunky sweaters, and uh, it shows. Um, but Ariana is going to be the new bartender, like we stated earlier. And should we move into your thoughts on uh, this whole scenario? Yes. Let's let's get to Ariana. So about halfway through, 
We have Lisa Vanderpump being like, we have this bar in the back garden and we need a bartender. I love that. It's like Lisa knows she's hiring Ariana. We see Ariana at Sheena's birthday party. In fact, we see Ariana as Sheena's backup dancer in season one. Yes. They haven't told us who Ariana is. So going back and looking at it this second or third time, Seeing Ariana speak her mind at Sheena's birthday table, it's kind of like, okay, is this someone who just wants on the show? And it's like, no, this is someone who's on the show. You just don't know it yet. Yes. And they do the whole storyline of Tom Schwartz not getting a job as the bartender because that would be a terrible idea, which it would have been, but I would watch it over and over again. (laughs) Um, But just to be able to be like, you know, we need new blood. And Guillermo's like... You know, we got enough dude bartenders. Let's bring in a lady. And boy, do they. Fair point. Ariana is tough. Mm-hmm. She's quippy in all the right ways. Like, quick on her feet. So something that was really interesting to me rewatching this, especially knowing what, like, coming in with all these seasons we've seen since with Ariana, is, like, she comes in hot. Like, <laughs> yeah, in this episode... She doesn't seem particularly nice. And I'm trying to decide if it's just that I have like this 2020 hindsight, but I don't think so. She comes in hot and yet she's still like fairly likable. And I think the reason is because she's always honest and it never seems like unfair why she has issues with certain people. Yeah, it seems like her opinions are justified and not manufactured right like in a way that like if we put ariana against say stassi they both are extremely confident they both speak their mind but there's like a level of manipulation with stassi that it seems like ariana could care less about what other people think or how she fits within that which is something i think a lot of us either if we aren't that we want to be that type of person or we see the confidence in that person that makes you feel good because well let's also face it we've lived a whole season with everyone else and we know their faults so like not knowing much about ariana but knowing that she doesn't give a shit is good it's refreshing yeah Oh, absolutely. And I think what you said is the key point, which is that when she has an issue with people, she keeps it as a one-on-one individual thing. She's not trying to rally the whole group to hate this person. And she's not worried about her role in all the social dynamics. Like she's able to be kind of her own person, which is just so refreshing. And yeah, so we have Ariana kind of comes on in in her very colorful dress and with the side braid, which was mm-hmm. so cool at that time. Yes. Um, and oh, yes. gets the job from Lisa and starts working the bar. Now, I think so there are two, I feel like, particularly delicious Ariana storylines that get started here. One is her conversation with Sheena when we learn about Ariana's past beef with Kristen. And mm-hmm. Ariana is once again blunt. I believe the line yeah. was, I'm smarter than you, I'm cooler than you, I'm prettier, prettier than you, so get the fuck over it, I think, which yeah. which I feel like should be everybody's personal pump-up mantra whenever they're going into a situation <laughs> with someone who might be a little intimidating. Um, 
<laughs> so we have that scene with Sheena. And then the other amazing thing that we see, which is just so authentic, this is where Vanderpump Rules proves its place among reality TV. It's not the manufactured scenes where models are asking Jax about his tattoo. It's the so natural chemistry that we see developing between Ariana and Tom Sandoval when they start bartending together. It is just like, it's like, I don't know. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, preach, because that is exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. Not that like, it doesn't matter. I would have brought it up too, because it is one of those moments where you were like, these people are friends and they act the way like I have seen bartenders that are friends act and all of the other folks act the way that like coworkers who don't really like each other act. Now, that being said, the point has been made in the episode that Jax tends to deflect any problems he has onto, uh, well, but did you hear the drama over here? Now, there's the the dangling thread that maybe Tom and Ariana have hooked up, but like Ariana has already explicitly told Sheena that's not a thing, you know, but we see them being friends and it's just so weird. Like being able to watch people be like, well, you can't just be friends and act that way, which is is mind blowing. But you're right. The chemistry is just perfect. And it even as an audience member, you're almost like, well, maybe they did. I mean, the only storyline at this point I know is that Tom has cheated on Kristen if he's done it once. Yeah. You know? And I mean, let's be real. A lot of them are all cheating on each other. I mean, that's like a major premise of the show. Yeah. I mean, Stassi still wants to hang out with Frank. Oh, God. Frank I can say the that worst. because Frank sucks. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Frank sucks. <laughs> Maybe the worst. Yeah. You were telling me, though, that, like, it's strange, and you kind of, I guess, already said this, but it is strange to think that, you know, Ariana comes in with this confidence and says things that, like, like feels like they might be from Mean Girls or that she is one of the Mean Girls, but she's not. No. No. I guess I really, just to wrap up the Ariana talk there, like, do you think it is just the sheer confidence and rapport with people that she's allowed to, like, say some things that are, you know, like, mean, but also truthful? I mean, here's where I do think, actually, it makes a huge difference seeing her character develop over so many shows and so many seasons. Because I think that, I mean, there's so much that can be done in the edit. I'm sure that people, again, like, come in hot because that's a bit what's, like, expected when you're coming onto a reality show. I think that she absolutely could have evolved into a mean girl, like, 100%. Mm. And, I mean, if anything, I think the thing that shows her character the most is that kind of from the outset, she says, I heard there's a lot of drama among people at Sur. I'm not interested in that. I just want to collect my paycheck and kind of like get by. And she proved that through her actions. Like she consistently did that. Whereas I think we see a lot of other reality shows where or other characters who come on who also say, I don't want to be part of the drama. I'm not going to be part of the mean girls. And then they very quickly turn into a mean girl. Not to bring up Real Housewives of New York again. But Aviva, no, Dresher, Aviva Dresher, let's just say like there's literally yeah. a scene of them all being like, we're not going to become mean girls. And then like stuff goes off the rails Wow, very yeah. quickly. But so I think that with Ariana, it's like 
you do learn that she'll call it like she sees it, to use a, a mm-hmm. Katie line. Um, mm-hmm. She'll call it like she sees it, but she will generally judge things for herself and try to avoid the drama where she can. And that's where I think that it's a little easier to cut her break. And I mean, she does say some things about Kristen, which are pretty like problematic. Like she claims she's bipolar and stuff, but then a lot of times she does reserve her strongest criticism for the people who are the most <laughs> messy mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah 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 i mean like we quickly learn that she has all the reasons to be um to not like Kristen at all oh totally and uh as we get to those episodes later on in the season listener now also i think and not to you know give away too much down the line but if you're listening to this episode right now listeners you're going to forget about this moment once you get eight seasons in some of the things she says like you pointed out like bipolar or that are not the right words to use but i think they are words that as a young 20 year old she knows what they mean she has obviously heard them probably through situations she's experienced herself and we do come to learn that ariana does have a battle with depression so she is like the only character that has truly uh, addressed mental health i feel in a in a respectful way on the show so hearing her say something like that does i think come from a place of ignorance you know and being 22 and trying to just get one over on someone who's mean to you. Sure. And I actually think like she returns to, I think she legitimately thinks that Kristen might have some mental health issues, Um, which it's not anybody's job to diagnose anybody else's mental health issues. Also true. But I think it's something she legitimately thinks. (laughs) Uh, Completely. I was talking in the last episode with Allison Rosen about how you have to be careful watching this show because you can very easily become like an armchair psychiatrist. Yep. And like there's a time when you have to like take a step back and be like, I am watching a curated entertainment television that, you know, reality check every now and again when you're watching reality TV. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So like the power dynamic is changing it, sir. And how does that look from your point of view, especially revisiting this? Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, it's so clear that part of Ariana's entrance is that Sheena has an ally um, and it quickly creates a rift between Stasi and Kristen in a very interesting way. So, I mean, if anything shows you kind of. It's tricky because sometimes I do feel for some of the women on the show who get painted as like, you know, even as they call themselves these like witches and being catty and stuff like that. And I think Stassi's whole argument the entire time was she was just trying to like hold people accountable for their actions and tell the truth about how men were acting and stuff like that. But it mm-hmm. did um, create this kind of like group mentality gang thing where it's like, if someone does wrong, then we all decide to hate them together and we gang up on them. And if you're nice to them, you're therefore not our friend. That's kind of their whole MO for a long time. But we see how just like, I don't know, childish that is when yeah. Kristen gets mad at Stasi because she sees her out back talking to Sheena. And this is particularly juicy because we know that Stasi is trying to find out from Sheena if 
Tom Sandoval and Ariana have had any kind of relationship in the past. And it creates this big blow up between essentially Stassi and Christina Kelly and Katie on one side and Kristen on the other. It was actually one of those moments going back and watching this episode that I had completely forgotten about. Like, I was totally there in like, okay, Stassi's going to ask Sheena. She's not going to get the answer she wants. And then she's going to be angry and manufacture the answer that she wants. But that is not where it went. It went to her being like, okay, but where are these rumors coming from? Sheena staying like hard pressed to like, if that is true, that is something that has been lied to me. Like I have been told 100% that is not a thing that has happened. And like, I forgot Kristen came out at that point. She came outside. There's the awkward record scratch. You can hear the crickets chirping. And then you get that Kristen look of like, what the fuck are you doing, Stassi? Mm -hmm. And you know that something's simmering there, but it's quickly gone. So then that surprise surprised me even more when they went to brunch the next day. And she's like, you want to talk about being fake? You're friends with Sheena now. And it's like, whoa, you are about to lose this battle and you have no idea what you have started. It like, is next complete surprise. Level. Next level. That scene is incredible. Yeah. That is an incredible scene because it's truly unexpected where things go. The one thing I would like to point out, because I've now watched that scene a couple times, yeah, there's actually really bad continuity with the cocktails on the table. I don't know oh, if you've really? noticed this. Yeah, they jump all around. All the all of them have these like cocktails <sighs> and martini glasses that they're drinking. At different points in the conversation, some of them are full, then they're empty, then they're full, <laughs> then they're half empty, which made me like either we're repeating something or things are being edited totally like out of out of how they actually They might happened. have had four cocktails by the time Kristen stormed out. I think that's and... the most likely answer, actually, is probably they just had one, drank it, and then got another. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's wow. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch the scene again because I'm going to want to pull that clip for I'm this sorry. episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah. No, I mean, what a problem, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Having to watch more VPR. Yes, I know. Man. I know. Well, Molly, as we wrap up, I want to say thanks again for joining me because when we met each other many years ago in New York City at Radio Club, I uh, I never thought that I would have such a good VPR pal and podcasting pal tell me what are your like overall vpr thoughts why do you stick with the show um i know we talked a little bit at the at the beginning about this but like give me that like this is why i'm staying with it or not sure i mean i think that's something we've all had to grapple with in different ways as you learn more of the story behind some of your favorite art out there, right? And I think that's like such a eternal question is, does the character of the artist change how you're allowed to appreciate the art, right? And I actually do think there are situations yeah. where it does. Like, I watched kind of recently the comedian Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, um, and she has mm -hmm. this amazing bit about Picasso. And I have never been able to think about or look at Picasso the same way Again, and I think that is totally justified. In this instance, I mean, I feel like, first of all, you're allowed to enjoy what you enjoy. And I genuinely enjoy Vanderpump Rules. But I think that 
the actions that have come to light and the firings all existed within a broader ecosystem of trends in reality TV, how they're made, what they mean to us, and these other systems of oppression that makes it more kind of like this is documentary evidence and kind of like an artifact of a wider time. I don't personally don't feel like Vanderpump Rules was like creating the problem. It's just a reflection yeah. of it. Just like you see racism, sexism, misogyny in all aspects of our culture because it's just present. And I think it's important to call it out and hold it accountable, but it doesn't make me feel like I need to cancel or not appreciate Vanderpump Rules. And I actually think the more that you become educated on um, some of the trends in reality TV, which I had. To, I So the piece you were referring to earlier was an article I wrote for Mother Jones, which is online um, about this racist reckoning within reality TV, looking specifically at Vanderpump Rules. There were these trends in how reality TV was created and what purpose it served. And Vanderpump Rules is absolutely a part of that story. And I think that things from now on are going to change. But I think we can appreciate it for what it was in that it was a very ambitious project to do a docu-series about a true group of friends and their true relationships. And I think they successfully did that better than almost anybody else. Well said. I don't... I, Yeah, I completely agree. Now, quickly, mm-hmm. quickly, because it's going to be years before we can get to this point again, I need to know your thoughts on the ending of season eight when that fourth wall is broke. Like, how did it make you feel? I mean, honestly, it was refreshing. At this point, it's like we have not we've tiptoed around that so much like at this point they're all rich they're all famous because they're stars in the show like it's not the same as how it started and it felt refreshing i mean we've heard allusions to it with jacks being like i'm the top guy in this group and him clearly having this arrogance that he is the cause of all this drama and therefore he is the most essential character and therefore he can keep getting away with what he wants to and he can keep not watching the show and not caring and just seem like he's above it all and to hear him just say it and then to hear Lisa Vanderbilt say it it was so good and I mean I will say that Lisa Vanderpump is a very talented woman and makes amazing tv she knows how to make amazing tv I do think that the fact that she is an executive producer on the show has been part of some of the problems. Like you shouldn't have someone who's a star and executive producer because it just, I mean, she's, I think sometimes it doing muddies things the water. for ulterior, ulterior oh. motives. Yeah, exactly. Muddies the water. Yeah, for sure. Where can people find you, especially if they want to check out this article, which I'll also put in the show notes so they can click on it there. But yeah, they can find my past work, uh, print and audio at motherjones.com. You can just look for me as the author, Molly Schwartz. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at mollification, and that's spelled Molly, M-O-L-L-Y, and then fication at the end. Um, and also on Instagram at underscore mollification. Great follow. I suggest everyone does it. And seriously, go read that article. Educate yourself or just understand like how this all happened. It's it's really well put. And I'm not just saying that because you're my guest and staring at me right now. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. And I've shared it with people since. So great job. Thank you for being on the show and come back anytime. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. This is always great to talk VPR with you. Hell yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe towards the end of season two, you can come back. Yes. We'll have a beginning and end. We'll bookend it. I love that idea.
It's always a blast talking to my friend Molly. She's such an insightful person. And now it's time for this week's dumpster moment. Today's dumpster moment is a special one, because not only is it awkward and cringy, it also takes place next to a dumpster. See, Stasi's got some rules. What did I know? What did I say? I, I had rules. I said, no more modeling with tricks. I, that was one of my rules. One of my rules. I didn't even know she was there. I, don't I wasn't care. told. I wasn't I don't told. Care. I used to be a model. I used to model half naked with guys. I know how it is. This is completely different. Jax does not know how to control himself. Therefore, I'm allowed to do things like that. He's not. You know, I should really have a catchy name for when the dumpster moment of my episode actually happens next to a dumpster within the Vanderpump Rules episode. If you've got an idea, let me know. VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. And that's it for this episode. Thanks again to Molly Schwartz for joining me. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to everyone who supports this podcast at patreon.com slash pinkjeans. Pink Jeans also has a new website, pinkjeansproductions.com, and a new podcast we launched called The Dune Conversations with John and Jordan. You're going to want to check it out. Jeremy Siegel composed the music for this show, and Marie Hill is my season two editor. Thank you both. You're great. I really appreciate it. We'll see you all next time on Vanderpump Robs. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah.